It is good. Uh, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it's good to be here this morning and uh, bring greetings from Millie. Uh, Millie's not able to uh, go a lot of the times with me because she uh, suffers from MS, but she does send greetings and uh, she uh, hates that uh, she's not able to come and uh, see old friends and be back at uh, Grapevine Baptist Church. It's always a pleasure for me to be here and uh, uh, the last time I was here, it was for a funeral service, and uh, so I'm thankful this time it's for a worship service, and uh, the way the hoppers are singing, I think they believe that Jesus is alive, I really do, and so uh, they've convinced me, and we appreciate them so much, and uh, you uh, for being here today. Now, uh, you realize that I am getting older, it was uh, 1983 when I came to be pastor at uh, Grapevine, I was here until 1996, and so you can kind of figure the years and understand where I'm at in my age. So if I don't remember your name, I don't want you to be uh, offended. Uh, Sometime I have to ask Millie what our kids' names are, and um, so mine just kind of goes blank sometime. Kind of like a politician I heard about, he was kind of arrogant and... uh, he was uh, campaigning, and he, uh, he, he just felt like everybody in the world knew him. You know, he didn't have to be introduced to anyone. And he was visiting one of the uh, rest homes, and uh, he went in with his uh, people, and he was shaking hands with everyone. And there was uh, an older gentleman sitting in a chair there in the uh, foyer area where you go into the rest home. And he walked up to him and shook his hand and said, Do you know who I am? And he said, no, sir, but if you ask that lady at the desk, she can tell you. So, <laughs> but. Now, I'm used to preaching on Sunday morning for an hour and a half. But you have to understand, that's two services. I only preach 45 in each one, so we have two services at Sylvia. Don't get excited. i already seen some of the looks already, you know. Some of you uh, may know, there's new ones that probably don't know the, a lot of the history at Grapevine, but this particular Sunday uh, celebrates 30 years in this building. It was on this Sunday in 1988 that we moved in to this building. The old building was still sitting out there. For those of you here, you recall that we built this building and we built it in behind the old building. And we had services in that building on one Sunday. The next Sunday, this particular Sunday, 30 years ago, 1988, we moved and had our first service in this building. I preached the message moving day on that particular moving day. I thought that was kind of appropriate. And uh, so there's a lot of a lot of history here at Grapevine for me, and um, our boys grew up, pretty much grew up uh, here at Grapevine and in Madisonville, Chad and Todd. Both of them graduated from Madisonville North Hopkins. Uh, Chad and his family now live in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Our oldest granddaughter, Elizabeth, is a senior at uh, U of L. Where's Brother Bob at? He'll like that. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And... Uh, our next uh, daughter, uh, Emily, is uh, 
as I think uh, going to be a junior at Bellarmine University there in uh, Louisville. Uh, Todd and his family live in, um, over in Dandridge, Tennessee, in East Tennessee, the foothills of the Smokies, and uh, he has a uh, 13-year-old uh, stepson. He has a new uh, daughter. Our latest granddaughter is only eight weeks old, and then Tucker was born about three years ago. And uh, so we, we uh, are excited when we get to see them. And like I said, uh, Grapevine has a lot of good memories uh, for us. And uh, it's such a pleasure to be here today. But I'm going to get into God's Word. Uh, you've asked me to come to preach God's Word, and that's what I'm going to attempt to do uh, this morning. I'm going to read from Daniel. It's going to be a very familiar passage to you. And uh, Daniel, the third chapter, chapter 3 of Daniel, and uh, I'm going to read verses 16 through 28. You're going to recognize this as being the uh, events of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I hope to share some things with you to encourage you uh, today, especially if you're discouraged, to understand that God is a miracle-working God. Uh, we live with miracles every day. Many of them we do not even recognize. But God has always been a miracle-working God and is still a miracle-working God. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 16 and read through verse 28. The Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that the, they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
Ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god, Except their own God. Boy, isn't that exciting. I want to talk to you this morning about the hotter the fire, the bigger the miracle. The hotter the fire, the bigger the miracle. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for what we've already experienced in the way of worship. God, I pray that you would... uh, Help me to deliver the message you've laid upon my heart in such a way that the Holy Spirit can use it, dear God. Lord, we honor you, we praise you, we worship you. We commit ourselves in this time into your hands and ask that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The hotter the fire, the bigger the miracle. You know, we see, I believe we see miracles every day. We certainly can go to the Bible, whether it be the Old Testament or the New Testament, and we see how many times God did miracles. A miracle is that which is beyond the capability of human beings to perform. Miracles are those things that happen where we have to say there is something beyond man that did this. Even those who do not believe in a one God, who do not believe in the true God, have to acknowledge that there are some things that cannot be done or accomplished by human beings. And they are miracles. And it's exciting to see a miracle and it's exciting to be a part of a miracle. But here's the thing, the greater the fire, the bigger the fire, the the bigger the obstacle, the, the, the bigger the, uh, the thing is beyond our control, the greater the miracle. I want you to think about in the New Testament the different miracles, but think about the blind man. And think about how excited the blind man, the man that was born blind, the man that never had been able to see. We take our eyes and our vision for granted, do we not? And that he never had been able to see. And some might say, well, that, that, that poor soul never had been able to see. But then Jesus intervened and gave him his sight. And for the first time in his life, he could see things that everyone else took for granted. It was a miracle. It was a big miracle because he was able to see something. He was able to do something he had not been able to do in all of his life. The Bible says that the king, old Nebuchadnezzar, uh, in his 
pomp and in his glory and in his uh, egotism decided that he would make an image and make everyone bow down to it. There were those within his kingdom that hated some of the Hebrews, some of the Jews, especially Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and especially Daniel. And so they, they thought of a way where they could get them because they knew that they would not bow down to the king's image. And, and the king said, heat up the furnace. When they would not bow down, he said, heat up the furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been heated. The furnace was for smelting um, iron. It was for melting iron. And uh, it was not for the destruction of human beings, but that's what the king said he was going to do. And heat it seven times hotter. I don't know how hot that was, but it's hot. There are those who, who um, nowadays especially, a lot more people are being cremated. And I know that's not a pleasant thought, but they're cremated. And what they do is they put them in a, the body in a furnace. The person is no longer there. It's just the body. We know that. But they put them in a furnace. And then there is a small thing of ashes. That's all that's left. That's how hot it is. Well, the furnace perhaps was heated that hot. There was no way anyone could survive that furnace. The hotter the fire, the bigger the miracle. It would have been a miracle anyway. But this was even a greater miracle because it had been heated seven times hotter. I want to tell you that, that we, we live with fire in our life. Fire represents a lot of time judgment. It, it represents the afflictions that we endure sometime in life. And we all have those troubles and problems. But listen, the bigger the fire we're going through, the bigger the struggle we're going through, the greater the miracle is going to be. And I want to tell you that a miracle is on the way. I want you to know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Our God is able to deliver us out of the fire. But I want you to notice what they said. Because they, they left it up to the will of God. They knew that it was possible that God would not, but they said God can. We have to start with the faith God can. He can deliver us. Regardless of what we're going through, God can. He may choose not to, but he can. Amen? But then they said, we want you to know, O king, we don't even have to discuss this matter because our God can deliver us out of this burning, fiery furnace. You can throw us in there, and if God chooses, he can deliver us. But listen to what they said. But we want you to know, O king, that he will deliver us out of your hand. He may not deliver us out of the fire. But, oh, king, we want you to know that we will never be under your control again because God is going to deliver us from your hand. One day we are going to be delivered from this world and the prince and the power of the air in this world, my friends. We will be delivered. God can deliver us from anything that happens in this life, any struggles we go through. He can he may, he may not, but one thing for sure, one day, praise God, I am going to be delivered from this world. I'm going to be delivered from the devil and his binds on us. Let me share some things quickly about these events. The adamancy of the faithful, they were adamant. We have to start with our faithfulness and we have to be adamant. We have to be uh, convinced and convicted and confirmed in our faith. They were adamant. 
Verses 16 and 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't have to, it says, we'll, uh, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. They said, we don't, even, we don't have to talk about it. The king was giving them a second chance to bow down. And they were saying, you don't, you don't have to give us a second chance. We've already said where we stand. You know what the problem with a lot of Christians is today? That they say one thing and do something else. They may come to church and they may say, man, I am going to serve God. And then they change their mind on Monday. It's like one preacher I heard preaching and he says, uh, and he kind of spoke with kind of that, that southern accent. And he said a lot of Christians says they shouts on Sunday and they pounce on Monday. I mean, listen, they were adamant in their faith. They said, oh, king, we are not careful. We don't have to answer thee about this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. They were adamant in their faith. They were adamant about their faith, first of all, in God. We have to, we have to start, if we're going to experience miracles, and if we're going to live a life of miracles, we have to start with an adamant faith. There is one God... And one God only, He is the God. He is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the God who created all things. He is the God of miracles. We have to be firm in that faith. We cannot be fluctuating back and forth. We have a lot of Christians, I think, today, those who claim to be Christians, and they fluctuate. They're like a wave of the sea. Uh, they believe in God if that suits them. But if something else suits them better, then they believe in something else. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their faith was in God and it was unmovable. It, it didn't change according to the circumstances. They didn't say, oh, well, you know, God, uh, God, there must not be a God. He's allowing us to go through this. There must, if there was a God, he would stop this. The fact is that, that we haven't seen the end of the event, but their faith was in God. They were adamant about their commitment to God. You know, not only must we be adamant in our faith in God, that God can, we have to be adamant in our commitment to God. Our commitment should be based on our faith. They said, oh, king, we want you to understand that our God is able to deliver us. We want you to understand that he is going to deliver us from your hand. But listen to this. It's kind of like saying, nevertheless, we want you to know, O king, we are not going to bow down to your image. Listen, we've got to have the kind of commitment that says we are not going to bow to the images of this world or the God of this world or the things of this world. You know, people would cringe if they were accused I'm worshiping the devil, worshiping Satan. I mean, if we hear someone say, talk about someone worshiping the devil, they say, why? Surely no one would worship the devil. Now, I want you to stay with me and I want you to listen. While there are a lot of Christians who would cringe at the thought of worshiping the devil, they worship the things of the devil. We have to have a commitment. I'm not going to worship the devil. I'm not going to bow down to him. And I'm not going to bow down to the things of this world. I'm not going to bow down to his images in this world. 
You know, there are a lot of gods in this world. They all, all the gods belong to Satan. And a lot of things can become a god. A lot of good things can become a god. And, and listen, worshiping something means that you adore it more than anything else. It controls your life. If you have things in your life, whether it's recreation or whether it's pleasures or whether it's sports or whether it's work or whether it's something else, and it controls your life, my friends, you are worshiping it. And we have to have a commitment to say, I am not going to bow down to the images of Baal. I am not going to bow down to the gods of this world. They were adamant in their faithfulness. Secondly, I want you to notice the anger of the enemy. I want to tell you, when you resist the devil, he is going to get mad. Don't, don't, listen, don't think if you take a stand, the devil is going to let up on you. As a matter of fact, for those who will take a stand for God and be faithful to God and committed to God, the devil is going to get mad. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar got angry. He got mad. He said, I can't believe there's anyone, especially those who serve in my kingdom, who would not obey me and do what I tell them to do. He got so angry, he said, heat that furnace hotter than it's ever been before. Seven times hotter. As hot as it could be. Our enemy is filled with wrath. And we know who our enemy is. Our enemy is the devil. And my friends, he is filled with wrath. And he is angry at us. He is angry at God. And he is angry at anyone who claims to serve God. Listen, if you would, in Revelation Chapter 12 and verse 12. Therefore rejoice you heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The enemy is filled with wrath. The enemy, Satan, demands to be worshipped. Or he demands that we worship the things of this world. You remember that when Jesus was going through his trials there on the, uh, on the mount. And he was tried all of those days. The devil said to him, took him on this, this high pinnacle and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, if you'll fall down and worship me, I'll give you these things. And Jesus said... Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him alone shalt thou worship. He demands to be worshipped. There are those who cringe again at the thought of worshiping the devil, but they worship the things of the devil. The third thing is the astonishment of the observers. When all of this took place, they were astonished. The Bible says that, that the king was astonished. That means he was surprised. Christians are not surprised when God does something. But I'm telling you, the people of the world are surprised. The thing is that most of the time they won't give God the glory for it. Verses 22 through 24. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot and the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The flame was so hot that when they took up these three men... The, the mightiest of, of Nebuchadnezzar's army, mighty men, strong men. 
They bound them and they threw them into the fire and the fire was so hot. If you've ever been out and had a bonfire or something, you'll know that you don't want to throw something heavy on the midst of that fire and be too close because it's going to spread out. It was so hot that all of those who threw them in got burned alive by what they were throwing them in to burn them up. The fire that tries us will destroy God's enemies. You hear what I'm saying? The fires that try us, the judgments that try us, the things that try us are going to destroy Satan and all of his followers and all of God's enemies. The fire that tries us will deliver us. You know, God doesn't bring anything on us that's not good for us. God God is not going to allow anything in our life that if we'll have the faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had, and we'll trust God and be committed to Him, God is not going to allow anything in our lives that He will not use for our good. Listen, I know it's difficult to think sometimes things we're going through. Think about before, before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, they were approaching the fire. It was hot. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, most people before they ever got there, they were already beginning to feel the heat. So they, they didn't know what was going to happen. And the, and the thing is that the fire that tries us, those things that try us, will deliver us. God will work all things together for good. Now I want you to listen to what it says in verse 25. He answered and said... Lo, I see four men, notice, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, you understand that in the Old Testament, Nebuchadnezzar didn't know who Jesus was. And he was saying that the, 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 the image of the fourth looks like a, a son of a God. But we know what the Bible is talking about. I believe, my friends, that that fourth individual walking around with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was none other than the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. I want to tell you anything that we're in, if we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever fire we go through, Jesus is going to be there with us. That's a promise from the Word of God. The Bible says He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But notice that it says they were loose. They were loose. You know, when they came out, the Bible says the fire had not touched them. But the fire had touched something. The fire had not touched them. There was not a hair on their head that was singed. Not even the smell of smoke on their clothes. But the fire had, you know what the fire had touched? The fire had burnt the ropes off that bound them. I'm going to tell you that when we go through a fire and God works a miracle, we are set free like never before. We have a freedom in Jesus and a freedom in the Holy Spirit that we never had the experience of having before. No one covets the trials and troubles and none of it seems pleasant for the moment. But I want to tell you that once we come through it, we come through it more powerful, more free than ever before. The fire that tries us will deliver us. 
Next, the fire that tries us cannot touch our souls. The only thing, listen, the devil can touch your flesh. Don't, don't be surprised about this and don't deny it. Regardless of what uh, some televangelist might say, I'm telling you, the devil can touch our flesh. If God allows him to, the devil can touch our flesh. He touched Job. Did not God allow him to touch Job? When, when Satan had to come before God to give an account of himself and his goings forth here on the earth, and God said, what about my servant Job? The devil said, well, sure, you've got a hedge about him. You won't let me touch him, but let me touch him and he will deny you. And God let the devil touch him. But I'm telling you, go ahead and read the entire story of Job and he comes out a hundred times better off than he was before. But he can't touch her soul. What, what do you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were talking about when they said, Understand, O king, our God can deliver us. Our God can deliver us. And he will deliver us from your hands, but we're not going to serve you. He will deliver us from you. Listen, my friends, the devil cannot touch our soul. He cannot touch who we are. I don't care what he brings in our life, what kind of fire comes in our life, what kind of troubles we have to endure. If we'll remain faithful and committed to Jesus Christ, my friends, one day we will be permanently and forever delivered. I was talking to Brother Bob earlier and I've I've said this to other people and and they agree. You know, I I don't fear death. You know why? Because death has no sting, not for the Christian. The Bible says that he's removed the stinger out of death. Now, what I am concerned about is the road getting there. (laughs) Amen. The road getting there may be rough, but death itself is freedom from this world. And I believe that's what they're talking about. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. We can say to the devil... Whatever God allows you to do, go ahead and do it, old devil. I'm not going to bow down to you. I'm not going to serve you. I'm going to be faithful to God. And I want you to know that God is going to deliver me from your hands. Period. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. And then I want us to think about the acknowledgement of the authorities. When we stand firm and when we trust in God and when we make a commitment, we're not going to bow down to the things of this world. And God does miracles. And God performs a miracle. The authorities have to take note of that. Notice that even unbelievers will have to acknowledge God. I'm going to tell you, the the Bible says in Romans chapter 14... And verse 11, it is written, as I live, saith the Lord. Listen to this. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. They're going to have to bow a knee to Jesus Christ one day. They're going to have to acknowledge all of those who refuse 
to acknowledge the miraculous work of God in creation and all of those things will have to bow a knee and say, there is one God and one God only. Unbelievers will fear God. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 16, the Bible says that in those days during the tribulation time, when God is revealing himself and even the unbelievers have to acknowledge there is God, the Bible says they crawl, call out for the rocks to fall on them and to hide them from the face of the one that sits on the throne. They may not fear God now, but I'm telling you, every soul will fear God one day. And then the last thing, the acquittal of the believers. Verses 29 through 30. Therefore I make a decree, the king says, that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amidst against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver After this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. It had a reverse effect. God will work all things together for good. They were no longer condemned. I want to tell you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you have been saved, you are no longer condemned. We have moved from death unto life. We have come out from under the banner of condemnation through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we will be promoted. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. We will be promoted. Regardless of what fire we may have to go through in this life. And most of us are going to have to go through the fire. We're going to have trials and tribulations. Sometimes they're going to be such that we think there's no way I can survive that. Listen, I'm telling you, I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they approached that fire, perhaps they thought we're not going to survive this fire. Because they had just said God can, but they didn't say that God would. So they had to have in their mind, they may be burned up. But they approached it with faith. With faith. We may go through some things and when we're going through them or start through them, we we may think as we look ahead and look at the future, we may think, I I don't think I can handle this. I'm going to tell you that none of us can handle anything, but God can handle all things. I can't do it, but God can. Our faith has to be in God regardless of what the fire is. And the greater the fire, the bigger the miracle is going to be. (laughs) Amen. Where are you at this morning in your faith? I would say probably if I ask a show of hands, how many of you are saved? 
perhaps every, ha- every hand would go up. Maybe most hands would go up. You say, I'm, I'm saved, know that I'm saved. But it's possible that there's someone here this morning, and you know in your heart that you don't have the kind of faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. You, you know that you believe in God, but the Bible says the devil believes there's a God and trembles. He knows there's a God. Just believing in God is not enough. There has to be a faith that brings us to a trust in God. My question is, have you trusted Jesus Christ? Have you put your total confidence and trust in Jesus? Has there been a time that you said, dear God, I want to be saved. I want to turn my life over to Jesus Christ. I want him to live in my heart and in my life. I commit my life to him. I receive him and you were saved and you were born again and you were changed. Has that happened in your life? You know, I got the greatest news for you. If you're not saved, the greatest miracle in the world awaits you. You are under the fire of God's judgment. And no one can escape God's judgment. And if you're lost, that's where you're at. But the good news is that God wants to do a miracle. He wants to save you from that fire of judgment. He does not want you to go to hell. No one is going to escape the fires of hell that ends up there because they have rejected Jesus Christ. And God doesn't want you to go there. And if you're lost, my friend, that's where you're headed and that's where you're going to spend eternity if you do not trust Jesus Christ. But the greatest miracle in the world is that God can take you and take your soul and He can change you and you can be converted and you can be born again and you can become a believer in Jesus Christ. And there will be nothing that will be able to stand against you if you trust in Jesus. Most of us are saved. Most of you, I believe, probably are saved this morning. You know that you're saved. But I'm going to ask you a question. Is your commitment, is your faithfulness and your commitment as adamant as Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego's was? Will you, have you said in your heart and in your life, I'm going to serve God and I'm not going to bow a knee to any of the things of this world. I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to be faithful till the end. I'm going to have the attitude of the Apostle Paul. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's the attitude we need. We're going to be having an invitation. Brother Mike is going to be down front here to receive you if you need to come and unite with this church. If you need to receive Christ as your Savior, I'll be here. Many others will be here. They'll be glad to lead you if you would come and trust Jesus this morning. I urge you, I encourage you, if you're not saved, trust Christ. Be saved. Turn your life over to Him. And I encourage those of you who are saved, there may be many of you who need to come to this altar, and you need to make that commitment. Say, Dear God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be faithful. I commit my life to you fully and completely to serve you. I'm not going to bow down to the things of this world. And you might just need to come to this altar and pray. If you need someone to pray with you, Brother Mike will be here. Others will be here all over this house. I'd be glad to help you. I'm just encouraging. I know that this is an exciting day. This is harvest day at Grapevine. And we come to worship the Lord. But I can tell you we can worship the Lord a lot better if we're right with God. I can tell you, if you get right right now, if you're not right with God and you get right, the, the next hour or so, whatever time we use in worshiping the Lord through these songs, you'll be able to worship God like never before. Amen.
Let God do a miracle in your life this morning. There might be someone here and you need a miracle. And God is a miracle working God. And you never know until you ask. You have not because you ask not. God can do a miracle. He, he can intervene in, in this flesh, can He not? He can intervene in anything going on in our life if He chooses to do so, if you'll have enough faith and believe in Him. I'm going to ask you to stand every head bowed and every eye closed.